David Lemieux versus Gary Spike O'Sullivan. Fight predictions. Dun dun dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Before we jump into this episode, I want to remind everybody to follow me on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Check me out on Anchor.fm and subscribe to my YouTube channel, fight, uh, YouTube.com, FightJunkie2006. That way you guys get all the notifications of all my awesome podcasts. So when we look at David Lemieux versus Gary O'Sullivan, we got to look at the records first. David Lemieux, 39 wins, 4 losses, 33 big wins by KO, 2 losses by KO. Sullivan, 28 wins, 2 losses, 20 big wins by KO, 1 KO loss. So what does that tell us? Well, the loss for Sullivan was against Chris Eubanks Jr., and his corner pulled him out after seven rounds. In that fight, Gary pretty much just got dominated. I believe he won one round maybe in the entire fight. It was just a talent level gap. And what he showed me in that fight is he's tough, man. He's tough as nails. He wasn't just getting hit with single shots. He was getting hit with powerful combinations. And he took everything Eubanks could throw at him and more. It was a corner that finally said, our guy's not in it. He's just taking a beating. There's no use in going forward. And that probably was the right call. But Spike took it, never went down. He showed a really, really good chin. Lemieux's two KO losses have come late. And I think that's because he tends to fade. He usually fades after five rounds. And those two KO losses came in rounds seven and eight. And that speaks volumes because if you watch him fight, he's like a totally different fighter the first half of the fight. And then the second half, he just fatigues and his head movement slows and his output slows. And a big problem with David is he's a huge puncher, but his footwork is pretty bad. So he's off balance a lot. And fighters start to exploit that the later in the in the rounds because he gets tired. So there's not so much power and offense coming at them. And they're able to exploit his misses a little bit better. Where when he throws a punch, he misses. Or even if he lands, his feet are off balance. And so he's kind of stumbling around. And obviously, if you're a counterpuncher or you're boxing him and you survive those early rounds, then you take advantage of those mistakes. And so that's happened twice in his career where those just mistakes catch up to him. That's that's a fatigue issue that even though he's only 29, man, the kid is still young. That's crazy. Even though he's uh, still young, I don't think it's going to be fixed because it seems like it would have been fixed by now. You got over 40 fights. Like, that's just his style. He comes out, he's a front runner. He comes out aggressive. He's got good power in both hands, but mainly it's the left hook. And he comes out and he tries to bomb people out. And so his technical flaws, he just believes that his power is always going to win out. And more often than not, it has. Gary is pretty much a aggressive guy, but he does a little bit different than... Uh, Lemieux, he doesn't come like straight out after you as far as like in a bob and weave stance. Lemieux has better head movement early than Gary. Gary uses a muff uh, style defense. He just puts his hands up, walks forward. He actually comes behind a, a pretty good jab most of the time. And that's his uh, his attacking style. Where Lemieux, he comes in in more of a bobbing, weaving a la prime Mike Tyson style. And then as the rounds go on, he gets more and more tired. He becomes more stationary and he's easier to hit because, like I said, he has problem with his footwork. So he's off balance and his feet are parallel a lot of times. And so that can lead to knockdowns or stumbles and stuff like that. 
So what do I think is going to happen? I think they're going to fight their styles. Uh, Gary's 34. Like I said, even though Lemieux is a young kid still, he's had a lot of fights. And his his uh, ability and what he likes to do in the ring is pretty much proven. Unless he got with a totally new trainer and went through multiple different fights with that trainer to improve his footwork or to switch up his style a little bit, then maybe you can make a case that he has added new wrinkles to his game. But that hasn't happened, so I don't think it's going to happen in this fight. Not to mention Gary and David really don't like each other. There's been a lot of back and forth going on where David believes he can just blast Gary out. And Gary was saying, I've never even been down. So this could be a machismo fight where David's like, yeah, I'm going to be the one to put you down and out. And Gary's like, bring it. And that's what a lot of people expect is an all-out war where they just come out to the center of the ring and go. And that could very well happen. I can't argue with anybody who's going to say that it's not going to be just an all-out war. I, I can't argue with that because their style suggests that. They both take a lot of punches. They both have good punching power. And they both want to go to war. That's the way they fight. That's their style. So could that happen here? It probably will happen here. The only wrinkle to this is can Spike take those early rounds from David and survive it? Because David is strong early. I believe if Spike can absorb those punches and deliver back his own punches. That's the key to this sentence right here. He can't just muff up and take a beating for five rounds and expect David to fade. That's not going to happen. Even if David fades, Gary won't be able to take advantage of it because he'll be beat down. But if he can take those punches and fire back and take a little bit out of David every round, even though he's probably going to lose those rounds, even though he's probably going to be down five or six rounds to nothing, if he can hit those marks on David over and over and over again and then let that natural fatigue set in combined with the punches that David's been taking, now he's on to something. I believe, personally, that's his best game plan for Spike because David is strong early. And I don't believe Spike has the boxing ability to outbox him. So it's going to come down to his ability to absorb. How resilient is he? Can he be resilient enough for those five rounds to take, give back enough to get David worn down come six, seven, eight, and later in the fight. Well, if you watched his Eubank fight, you would say, yeah, because he took everything that Eubank gave him and he was still standing. The problem is his punch output went down, obviously, because you're taking a lot of punches. But is Lemieux on Eubank's level? Well, uh, Lemieux fights totally different than Eubank. That's the first thing. And he has other weaknesses that Eubank doesn't have. And like we talked about with the cardio and the footwork. So there are things that Gary may be able to take advantage of with Lemieux that he couldn't with Eubanks. Now, as far as the odds go, when we look at the opening lines, we had Lemieux opened at minus 310. So the books really thought Lemieux is the class here. And they opened Gary as an underdog at plus 230. Well, the public didn't like that. They thought Gary was a live underdog, and they've bet him all the way down to plus 160. That means Lemieux's line is now sitting at minus 185. The over-under was set at 9.5 rounds, and it's currently plus 165 to go over, and the under is minus 205. Now, we just spoke about this, right? Like on paper, that makes sense. When you're looking at this line as it sits right now, it makes sense because... 
They're two brawlers. Their defense is iffy. They've got nice power. They like to throw down. They're warriors. They're already talking smack. They don't like each other. All this stuff. Well, you could come out and just blast each other. Somebody falls down. But when the books open the line, they open the over as plus 115 and the under as minus 155. Totally different than what you see here. That's why it's important that you look at opening lines. The books thought there was a possibility that this fight goes over nine and a half rounds. And you may be asking to yourself, how is that even possible? Well, we touched on it a little bit because of how tough Spike is and how David fades late. So if you think David's going to whitewash him, it's probably going to be early. But if you think Spike can survive that, then we're already in the six to seven round range. And they've only set it at nine and a half. So it's not out of the question that it takes rounds after rounds of Spike hitting David to wear him down and get a knockdown, get a stoppage, something like that. That would be late and you'd be pushing that nine 10 round area. So I think the books could possibly be onto something, assuming you believe Spike can withstand the early assault from David. Again, not only withstand, but deliver back his own punches, even if he's losing the round. Let me tell you this, guys. If you're back in Sullivan, you don't worry about those early rounds. You simply can't because that's where David's the strongest. As long as Gary can survive and compete, he doesn't have to win the rounds. As long as he can survive the rounds and deliver his own offense back on David, then you guys should be happy. You can see if he's doing it well each round where he's taking the punches and he's delivering back his own. The next round, taking punches, delivering back his own. Because you're all hoping come round six, round seven, that that offense and power from Lemieux has slowed. But Gary continues to deliver those same punches that he was early in the fight. That's how Gary Spike O'Sullivan can win this fight and actually cause a pretty big upset if you're looking at the opening lines that the book set. O'Sullivan by KOTKO is plus three. Lemieux by KOTKO is even. Sullivan by decision is 550. Lemieux by decision is 333. And the fight a draw is 25 to one. So what do we see right here? Well, we see the books like Lemieux inside. It's only even, which isn't a bad line if you think Lemieux is going to whitewash him, right? Like Lemieux opening at three to one. Had that line still been at three to one, I doubt you would have gotten Lemieux by KOTKO at even. But even still, if you got it somewhere around there, that's a big difference in line, right? Because you're probably thinking, what are the odds this goes to the decision? Lemieux's a power puncher. Gary takes a lot of punches. Uh, David will probably get him out early. That's an easy play, right? Well, like I said, you got to look a little deeper into it. And if that's what you like, you can still play it. Like I said, you get Lemieux even money if you think he can stop uh, Spike before the distance. Now, does he need to just put him out cold? No, we've already seen that Spike's corner will pull him out. They did it against Eubanks. Is it possible they would do it against Lemieux? I have to say, of course it's possible. His corner was looking out for him against Eubanks. He wasn't in the fight. He didn't go down, but he was just taking too many punches. So they pulled him. Could that happen here? 
Well, the only way I could see it really happening here is if David's putting it on him really bad early for those first five rounds, and then they get to six and seven, and Gary just isn't showing enough. Either he's fatigued, or he's been dropped, or hurt, or he's cut. He's just not in the fight where his team doesn't believe that he can mount a comeback. And if that was the case, then obviously your your Lemieux KOTKO is going to hit. How do I think uh, he, he would win Lemieux? If he wins, I think it's probably going to be a stoppage simply because I can't see him dominating Gary the entire fight and not stopping him either like from a corner stoppage or from a referee stoppage or something like that. Only because I believe if he has done that much work for the course of the fight to stop somebody is tough. I mean... Gary is tough, man. Then he's really put it on him and people are like, this is dangerous now. Kind of like in the Eubanks fight. I don't know if Lemieux can blast him out with a single shot. To be honest with you, I think Gary can take a single shot. It'll be an accumulation of punches that probably do it if Lemieux gets the win. On the flip side, how do I like Gary? I actually could see Gary probably stopping Lemieux, but I, I could see him going the distance as well I know that's not a great answer simply because it all depends on how well Gary does early on if Gary is able to do what we talked about and he's able to catch and pitch and put those punches on David and survive the early assault and then start wearing him down things will get interesting and if Gary does stop him it would probably be late uh nine 10, even 11 or 12, where Lemieux is just a game warrior, but he's spent physically. Like, I believe Gary's best plan in this fight is to make it a war of attrition, just to wear on freaking David so much that the guy is just on spaghetti legs come 10, 11, and 12. And every single punch that Spike hits him with is just moving him around the ring where we can see the writing is on the wall. It's just going to be a case. Can David survive to the final bell? That's how I think you can make a case for Gary O'Sullivan. Simply because, in my mind, he has to survive that early assault. I just don't see it any other way. Unless something big happens where he just catches David with a thunderbolt then I don't see him winning early. I think it's a case where he's wearing on him over time. And again, that's where you get into that over-under being a little spooky there in nine and a half because if you believe Spike is a legitimate uh, bet here, a legitimate underdog that has a chance to win, I wouldn't mess with the over-under. I would have definitely taken Gary just at the plus 230. That was a brilliant line. And even now, he's over plus 150 sitting around 160 most places as high as like 70 or 75 you're still looking at a very nice line if he hits compared to what it uh what uh people are saying about the fight going into it that it was going to be a mismatch the lines didn't show that because people started betting on gary right away so they see flaws in david the books now they thought it was a class warfare and david was the class but the public said nope we like it the other way. We think Gary is going to sit in there. He's going to hang in there. And then he's going to take David out late. So if that's the case, then you've got to decide if you like Gary, do you like him straight? Or do you like just the nice, juicy uh, three to one inside line? 
Well, I think most people would make the case you probably take the three to one, and I get that. But like I said, just going off their styles and how Lemieux fades and how Sullivan fights and the stuff he's going to have to go through, then you're really saying, is Lemieux going to fade and fall before the 12th round? It depends. Like, how bad does he fade? What if Lemieux comes out crazy, just winging punches, and he fades a little earlier than five? Well, that throws a wrench into everything because if Sullivan's still standing, he's got a lot more rounds to work. Because remember, these two don't like each other, and David wants to be the first to put him down and out. And Gary said, bring it. Like, I've never even been down. So that could be a bit of a challenge there that they have between one another. And if that's the case, if it's just a knockdown, drag-out fight, and they're still standing after six or seven, I believe Gary has the advantage. I know I'm saying a lot here, but it's because you've got to look at the styles and the way they usually fight and then try to figure out if that's going to apply here. So there's cases where you can make a case here where it's going to play out exactly how they normally fight, but they normally don't fight each other. And so there's pros with Gary's and there's pros with David. Like we said, David early, but Gary's toughness, that could throw a bit of a wrench in here when you're looking at over-unders and even decisions or KOs because nobody's expecting this to be a knockdown drag out that goes 12 rounds. But these guys are so tough that sometimes that happens. Sometimes guys are just so tough and they refuse to lose that it's an action-packed fight, but it's going round after round after round. And you're going, how are these guys still standing? Is that going to be the case here? Well, if I really want to break it down, I think somebody's probably going to get stopped. Again, I give Lemieux the edge early. I give Sullivan the edge mid to late rounds. What do I think about the lines? Well, early on, I think it was a no-brainer if you capped it how I did and you believe Gary was live. You were getting plus 230. That's a big difference from plus 160. On the flip side, if you like to Lemieux early and you didn't bet him for whatever reason, now you're getting a gift, right? Because he's minus 185. He opened at minus 310. So that's something you would definitely have to look at because how can you not? The guy opened at 310 and it's the public that moved the line. Remember, it's not the books that set that line. So if you're on O'Sullivan, it was easy early. Now at plus 160, you got a little bit harder decision to make. Not that you're going to go off of Gary. If you like Gary, now but basically what you have to decide is if you like him straight or you want to go for the more of a gamble and take him inside. I think you can make a case for the inside. I think that if he wins, it probably will be late. The problem with that is, like I said, how late? Could Lemieux be taking a beating, the fight has turned, and he survives to the final bell? That's possible because it really all depends on if and when Gary can flip that switch and David fatigues. So if David doesn't fatigue to round seven, that's a lot less work that Gary gets to put in because the rounds are ticking by. Even if he's doing great work, even if he's winning those rounds, the fight could get closer. It could be closer on the scorecard. There could be a lot of people that said this guy won, that guy won. But if you're talking about inside, he's got a lot less to work with. So that's one of the cautions if you're going to go that route. As far as Lemieux, how do I think he would win? Well, again, it's probably going to be inside. 
you can look at that minus 185 line straight because it's come down so much. I couldn't argue with you. But that inside at even is pretty good on a guy who opened at minus 310. How would he do it? Well, again, early. Could he catch Spike with something big and just boom? Shugga-lugga-lugga-lugga-lugga. Possible. Gary does eat a lot of punches. He's never been hit by David before. We don't know how he's going to take that left hook. David also throws a good left hook to the body. So it's possible something just crumples him. That's what happens when you fight in that style, when you take a lot of punches and you don't have very good defense. You risk that every single time. If David doesn't get him out early, can he get him out late? There's still a possibility, but I think it's a lot less simply because the only way I could see that happening is he would have to really put a beat down on Spike early and then get some type of Dr. Raph corner stoppage where you're looking at a Eubanks type fight where he had just taken too much damage, never won around. Wasn't delivering back good punches. Was just simply taking, taking, taking. And then you get third parties involved that could easily stop the fight. And that would be a case where even though David may not be the best that he was, when you're talking round six, round seven, round eight, he had done so much work and so much damage early in the fight that somebody else steps in and says, that's it. So in this case, I think you have a bunch of options. But the first thing you have to do is decide which side you like. If you like David, then you're looking at a nice minus 185 line and I believe an inside line. I believe those are the two things you need to look at and you need to decide how you've capped it, how you've looked at it. If you believe there's any opportunity for this fight to go to a decision, if not, and you're on David, then you go ahead and you take that inside. Again, with Gary, pretty much the same thing. If you were on Gary, then you should have got him early because that 230 line is a good straight line. You wouldn't even have to mess with Sullivan inside because it's only three and the 230 I would have taken just the 230 because that was a tremendous line if you believe Gary has a shot in this fight now it's a little bit different because he's sitting at 160 and that inside is at three so there's a big difference there then you have to look at this fight like we just did and decide do you think Gary if he's going to win can wear down Lemieux before the final bell and get him out of there? That's a question you have to decide, but I think if he does it, he'll probably do it inside. So either way, either side you pick, I think that you guys should look closely at an inside. I wouldn't touch the over-under simply because, like I said, I could see uh, Lemieux fading around 7 and Gary coming on and stopping him late, and I could also see Lemieux doing really a great amount of damage early, and then mid to late rounds, a third party steps in. That nine and a half could be capped just perfectly. Like the books could have that dead set. Sometimes that happens where that nine to 10 round area is where everything unfolds and that's where the fight is decided. So go ahead, pick your poison and join the fight. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.